morning, everyone. Um, today's, uh, today's lecture will be, be just the morning lecture, and we will be going through lessons of bimetallism. Now you all have uh, copies of that. In, this in is chapter, chapter, chapter three. Chapter three. And um, tomorrow's lectures will be um, the ratchet. And for those that don't know what a ratchet is, it's something that you use to uh, crank things up and down, sort of like lifting a car or something like that. And the, uh, and the inflationary deflationary spiral and linkage and Kondratiev's long wave cycle. So I'm sure many of you have heard of Kondratiev's um, cycle. So um, that will be quite, a, quite an interesting lesson, no doubt. So lessons of bimetallism, over to Professor. Thank you. <laughs> We have already talked quite a bit about bimetallism and uh, there is a lot more here as you see this is a big chapter so I'm just going to give you the highlights. <clears throat> so in the previous uh, couple of lectures we raised the question mistake or mischief referring to what happened in the United States Congress in, 19, in 1873, Coinage Act of 1873, dropped the standard constitutional silver dollar from the list of authorized <coughs> silver coins. And changed the course of history. Uh, but this was an unconstitutional act. The only way it could be changed through a constitutional amendment. And the uh, US Constitution prescribes how this, or how such an amendment can, can be made. It's a, complicated and protracted <coughs> procedure and uh, they didn't even mention that perhaps it should be referred to constitutional amendment. They just went ahead, made the law and put it into effect immediately. And this was as I say, unconstitutional and <coughs> the uh, effect didn't become known until, until after a few years. And the reason was that the silver price, the 
a world price of silver at the time was actually higher than the mint price. And as a consequence, uh, for instance, miners, silver miners, uh, of course, would sell their silver in the open market, in the world market, because <coughs> they got a better price that way. But you see, if the price of silver starts falling, then at a point it becomes equal to the mint price, and if it falls below that, then it means that the silver miners get a better price if they take their silver to the mint. Mint is supposed to be open to silver by constitution, and uh, that's a floor in the price which the silver miners would get for the product. So as I say in 1873, the market price was still above the mint price and therefore <laughs> the silver miners didn't pay any attention. Obviously their intelligence was not very good. They, they should have found out by reading the legislation that actually silver has been demonetized. The mint has been closed to silver. They discovered that only a few years later. And you can imagine the shock. They were counting on that price on the floor below the silver price and when they needed uh, then it was just wasn't there. So I uh, when I first wrote about this I said that there's nothing surprising here. The bimetallic system is a faulty system. It's an unstable system. This flip-flop effect. It uh, cannot be relied on, and it will lead to the demonetization of silver sooner or later and therefore one shouldn't be surprised and uh, it was a natural development it was not a government interference in the market I held that view for quite some time and uh, as I was thinking about this problem something bothered me and I said, no, 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 that's not right. And I, ultimately, I had to change my views. I now hold that it's not. It was not a natural development that silver uh, became definitely number second after gold. 
and <coughs> a silver got demonetized by a, a natural process, economic process, a market process. There's no government interference there. That is the view I now hold. But it be, I became more and more suspicious that there's more than that to it, because there was this underhanded way of making the change. I mean, they should have given a conspicuous title to that coinage law of 1873. They should have called it Silver Demonetization Act, or Closing the Mint to Silver, something. But now, no, just coinage act and the, and the list and an omission without any additional information or word of caution that this is a change. Change is the drop of the silver. So this is, this is uh, rather suspicious uh, to me as I explained. And then I was very pleased when <laughs> Milton Friedman in the late 1980s, early 1990s came out with a similar confession. <laughs> he said that like most monetary economists he had believed that the uh, uh, so-called crime of 1873 was a natural development simply because bimetallism is an unstable system. And therefore, if they don't change it, it will change on its own. Because it's unstable and causes further uh, instability as time goes. And uh, he makes an argument that this was also deflation, the demonetization of silver, the end of bimetallism. And that's easy to see, and I agree with him, with Milton Friedman. Because a large part, I, I don't say half, but perhaps close to half, of the circulating stock of money was silver. And it was a an important part because all the small purchases were made with silver money or substitutes of silver money. Only gold was uh, naturally a uh, means of exchange for the larger payments. So when you remove something like 50% of the money supply and it's no longer money well, that's a shock to the economy 
contraction of the money supply, a very violent contraction of the money supply, the end of bimetallism, closing the mint to silver, demonetizing silver, these are various ways of describing the event. And indeed, in the year 1873, there was, well, today we would call a deep recession, uh, but these are more modern terms. Uh, There was a business crisis, financial crisis, having to do with shortage of money, scarcity of money. The new addition to the money supply, which should have come from silver, didn't because of the law, the coinage act of 1873. So uh, that blew over, that uh, financial crisis, and then uh, Congress, as if a result, as if a, a result of uh, the unconstitutional law they passed, had pangs of conscience. They realized that they did something wrong, something they shouldn't have done. Demonetized silver, unconstitutional. So they never admitted this openly, but they felt that these miners were out of luck now because they thought they had a floor, which meant that uh, they could confidently invest in their mines because they, there was no risk involved due to this lower limit to the silver price, the mint price of silver, and all of a sudden they find that this uh, lower, uh, the floor, the floor has been removed from underneath their operation, and as a consequence they had to assume all this unexpected risk. So, as, a, as I say, pangs of conscience. Congress uh, made further legislation, and these were called the uh, Silver Purchase Acts. What it meant was that the Treasury, the U.S. Treasury, was obliged by law to buy so much silver every year at the old mint price, which was no longer uh, operational, but the Treasury would buy domestically, domestically produced silver at that higher price, could have bought the silver in the world market at a lower price, 
but in a way of compensating for the loss of the miners, the uh, higher old mint price was paid. Now, the, this opened the kind of worms because uh, not everybody agreed. Of course, the miners welcomed this, but other people uh, objected and so on. Uh, in the first version, it was almost a re-establishment, almost opening the mint again, reopening the mint again to silver with a slight change that it had to be domestic silver, not imported silver. And uh, the, the, <laughs> the bill didn't pass. Uh, the Senate didn't pass. The House did. Now, the uh, Senate then uh, reconsidered, and uh, the name is not important, but I mentioned it anyhow, Allison, Sen Senator Allison <coughs> took the matter into his hands and hammered out a new version of this Silver Purchase Act which was acceptable to the Senate. And so both houses uh, voted on it and accepted it. And then, <laughs> uh, surprisingly, the president uh, vetoed <laughs> the bill. So you, you see that this is an extreme, uh, extremely controversial issue. And then the final outcome was that the Congress overrode the veto, which means that they voted on it for the second time and uh, they got more than two-thirds of the votes, and that means that the presidential veto was uh, ineffectual, the law stayed. So then, the, uh, over the years, the Treasury bought this silver, and it looked that everybody is happy. And then in 1890, they there was an initiative to have a new silver purchase act. They found that the first silver purchase act was sabotaged by the Treasury. They uh, bought less silver than the law would have wanted it to buy. And then they discussed the issue again. And now this law is known as the Sherman Silver Purchase Act of 1890. 
And this had just as rough a time as the first Silver Purchase Act um, because uh, the United States went to, into another deep recession, financial crisis in, 19, um, in 1890 and it culminated in 1893, which was the uh, beginning of the term of President Grover Cleveland. He was a Democrat and uh, the, uh, the uh, he just had to act because the Sherman Silver Act had a provision. The provision was like that. When the uh, Treasury bought the silver from the silver mines, as it had to, according to the Sherman Silver Purchase Act, then they issued Treasury bills to pay for it. And these treasury bills uh, were redeemable in gold. And then the uh, community of speculators <laughs> immediately saw that there is risk-free profit to be made they bought up the treasury bills and presented it for gold and then sent the gold uh, abroad. So the effect of the Silver Purchase Act was that gold was sucked out of the treasury and it reached a very critical level, uh, you see so much of that gold in the treasury was to back uh, gold certificates and also greenbacks which were still in circulation but about to be retired and uh, <clears throat> If the gold is not there, then uh, there's a deficit in gold, then of course the treasury is bankrupt. So, as I say, the speculators took advantage of the uh, Silver Purchase Act and withdrew the gold from the treasury and that threatened the United States with bankruptcy. We have had all kinds of unpleasant uh, consequences. So it had to be, something had to be done and uh, uh, President Cleveland, that was the summer, August of 1893 called Congress back 
from vacation, that summer vacation, called it back uh, into a, a special session and uh, the only point on the agenda was to repeal the Sherman uh, Silver Purchase Act. You see, something which doesn't happen very often, you know, recalling Congress from summer recess, that's one thing, and repeal uh, former law. And it all happened, and, and then they still had the problem of solving or covering the gold liability. And what uh, Cleveland did is he negotiated with J.P. Morgan, the famous Wall Street banker, for a gold loan, <coughs> extraordinarily large loan. I can't quote the figure now, but it's not important, which the government had to uh, take, and the bankers, uh, a consortium of bankers provided. So the crisis was solved, but this showed that, you know, there was a basic flaw in the monetary system, because the silver demonetization is not just something you throw in and then everything falls into pieces. No, it has such uh, far-reaching consequences that even 20 years after the original uh, coinage act, which made that mistake, uh, the country had to fight with recessions. Oh, that was uh, up to that point the most vicious <coughs> recession the United States had. Very high unemployment, lots of companies going bankrupt, especially railway companies, and also you know, they built lots of railways into the mountains uh, where the silver mines were. And uh, some of this construction was still in progress. And of course, all those uh, construction companies <coughs> as well as the railway companies went bankrupt and causing all kinds of economic pain. <coughs> Up to that point, uh, the worst depression in the United States. So the storm blew over and they went on and uh, and uh, the, the, there was still some silver purchases and uh, they never sat down and sort out the problem. They just had these band-aid measures to uh, tape, tape over the difficulties. 
so, uh, I mentioned Milton Friedman, and he went on and he ex expressed his uh, opinion, which I agreed with, uh, that the uh, closing of the mint to silver was a mistake, and uh, he goes on in a different direction where I wouldn't follow him. In fact, I uh, criticize him and I point out that the scheme he uh, suggested wouldn't have worked. And uh, I'm uh, just going to leave it to you to read. It's, it's all, all in that chapter, chapter 3. So I don't want to pursue this. Instead, 